Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Just two days away from kickoff, Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. If you're watching on the screen, I screwed up Richard's image. I see that face, Haydad. Oh my gosh. I see you're going for the Malzahn look today. I don't even know what happened. I mean, I've done it the same way the whole time until right now. Just push, you just, all you got to do is put one thing wrong and that's how it looks. People who do coding, they, they feel your pain right now. I mean, this is ridiculous. What, what even is that? What is that? Ugh. It's too big. It's too big. It just it got it's rid of everything. Center. Richard's off today, by the way. He will be back uh, tomorrow. So um, He's moving right now. Yeah. And it's, isn't it raining? I know it's been raining here. At least it's been it did raining all up night. here all day, yeah. Oh, boy. What did I do? What did I do? We'll, we'll just go with this for now. All right, then. There we go. We'll just go with this for now. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what else to do. So if you're on the stream, you're just going to have a, a black square where Richard is supposed to be. I have this little day off thing that I usually put there, but it has decided to get a lot bigger than it's supposed to be. We're always glad you're watching the stream, by the way. If you are listening you know, on the radio right now or uh, just on the Listen Live feature or through the app, you can actually watch all of our shows here now. Uh, you can watch Paul in the Morning, the JT Show, Rebecca, Garden Mama, Handyman, me and Steven on Sunday. Supertalktv.com is the website, but also you can download a, an app on your smart TV. So if you have Roku, Fire Stick, um, what is it, Apple TV has one. There's a couple yeah, more things, as yeah. well. They just keep developing out of nowhere. The, uh, the Super Talk app, all you got to do is just search that in the App Store on your smart TV device, and so you can watch our shows from your TV at home now. You can find out what a face for radio really means. You can see Haydad me in a black square. <laughs> that orange pullover, man. You're just, you're full malls on today. Dude, the, just... See, it must be the camera because believe it or not, this is hard red. Is it? That, that, it that is, not, is, does not appear to be, yeah. That is full on red. It's crazy. But yeah, it is, um, it is good to light. be with you. Know. Just two days. Uh, I know, right? You put a visor on, get, get like a uh, get Waffle a House menu. Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. It's like, who's got the biggest menu play sheet in football? Sean Payton's is up there. Andy Reid's yeah. is huge, too. Yeah. Andy Reid's is an actual Waffle House menu. <laughs> he's, he's just thinking about what's happening after the game. I love how uh, when they start giving out Super Bowl rings, they ask him, you know, how does it feel wearing a ring? And he goes, well, this thing will uh, get me free burgers for the rest of my life, so that's good. <laughs> Like not, yeah, he's not wrong. Not I reached my um, peak as a head coach. I'm so glad that Kansas I made this City accomplishment. Too. You get ribs, pulled pork, brisket, oh, yeah. good stuff. 
So Mike says it is busy great day to have in sports. Back. It is a busy day in sports. I mean, we are two days away from kickoff. Uh, Mississippi's Gardner Minshew tonight. Uh, in, on Thursday night football, they're they're doing this like interstate matchup thing. I like it. So you had Cleveland Cincinnati last Thursday. You've got Jacksonville Miami tonight. A lot of people are calling for this to be the the debut of Tua. I'd be surprised still uh, to see him. Fitzpatrick's not been good. In fact, he's kind of been bad. But I think they're being really careful with with Tua because of the injury. I mean, I know he's been yeah. cleared and he's a hundred percent, but. You don't have to rush him back when you weren't exactly expecting to be very good this year anyway. You'd like to see him maybe towards the end of the year just to start getting his feet wet because you want you definitely want to go with him next season. But yeah, right now, you know, lose games so you can pick second or third, get him get him some weapons. And Minshew Chase. Just, yeah, get Jamar Chase for for Tua. And Minshew's just been tearing it up. I, I mean yeah. I, a lot of people, myself included, thought that when they finally decided to to sit him, the team was very bad, but he wasn't playing great there towards the, the end of the season. And he got benched for Foles after Foles recovered from that broken collarbone. You kind of thought it was the end of Gardner Minshew. It, maybe not forever in the NFL, but as a starter, you kind of figured, okay, you know, it was fun. The mustache thing was cool. Hasn't played well lately. They paid Foles a bunch of money, brought him back into the fold. We might not be hearing from Minshew for a little while. They trade Foles to Chicago. He can't beat out Mitch Trubisky. And everybody thinks they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. They, I mean, they got rid of Leonard Fournette. They, they've been trying to get rid of pieces there. And yet, he's playing lights out through the roof. And this is something that we talked about last year. Uh, and we didn't know that Mike Leach was going to be a coach in the state of Mississippi, but the conversation was Mike Leach finally has the guy, potentially, that he can point to and say, my system produces NFL quarterbacks. Because really, I mean, Harrell had a small cup of coffee, right? Wasn't an NFL quarterback that yeah. you like put on your recruiting material. None of them were. Simons, Kingsbury. Yeah, they just weren't. But this guy, it's different. And also, I mean, the best part about Gardner Minshew is this is a guy that was going to go to Alabama to learn how to be a coach. I mean, so this is a guy that only became an NFL prospect because he played for Mike Leach. And that, I imagine, has changed a lot of things when he goes into living rooms to recruit quarterbacks. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's, it's already a pretty a pretty easy sell for him. Hey, come play for me, and you're going to throw it 50 times a game and rack up unbelievable numbers. But then I can say, also, look at this guy. He's in the NFL. I put him there. You know, Gardner Minshew's story is one of the great butterfly effect stories of all time. All set to go just be a, a backup at Alabama and, and maybe go into coaching after that. Gets a phone call from Mike Leach, and now he's in the NFL and being successful at it. It really is something. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line if you want to be a part of the conversation today. We've got a lot to get to. We've got audio from an Ole Miss coach, Lane Kiffin. Audio from Mississippi State's new defensive coordinator. Fascinating stuff there with a... Very unique scheme that you don't see much in college football. We'll hear from both of them. We've got picks with Lee coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour as well. But this is a story that stood out to me. And we've talked about this kind of thing a lot over the years with you know college football players and recruiting and the not-level playing field and the players getting paid under the table and name, image, and likeness. We've talked about this a lot. And even though, not to get all gallo on you, 
I don't think this is the best use of time right now in Congress. There is going to be a name, image, and likeness bill that is presented that is a bipartisan bill. So it was written by Anthony Gonzalez, a Republican from Ohio, who was a high-level wide receiver at Ohio State. I was just about to ask, is that the same dude? Same okay. dude, the bald guy, yeah. Yeah, I remember him, yeah. 19 years old and, and bald, but he was a really good player. Happens. Uh, and uh, Emmanuel Cleaver, a, a Democrat from Montana, uh, if I remember correctly. Is it Montana or Missouri? That says M-O, so that would be Missouri. Montana is M-T. Don't make the same mistake the uh, the press secretary did. <laughs> Yeah, Mississippi, still not in the Big Ten. Um, Emmanuel Cleaver from Missouri, and it's a name, image, and likeness bill. And so basically here's the story. They, they are proposing a law that would create a 13-member commission whose role would be to recommend ways for legislatures to change the law as things adapt. So it would allow players to benefit from their name, image, and likeness, but there would be restrictions on it when it comes to uh, benefiting from alcohol or tobacco. They couldn't um, advertise in adult entertainment. They could not advertise for sports gambling. Uh, the Which school, is funny. I, I, doesn't Colorado have a partnership now with a sports gambling uh, website or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. So could their athletes do it? I don't know. That's what makes this kind of fishy. And, and that's this commission's an interesting idea because they can evolve this law as things change. But the, the important thing is it would allow athletes to benefit from their name, image, and likeness with restrictions, which would be alcohol, tobacco, adult entertainment, sports gambling. And it would allow the schools to not allow, I guess, it's not a bad or not a good way to put it, players to wear school gear while they do advertising. That's the the key restrictions on it. But also, they want to make it illegal, like against the law illegal, to give money to a recruit. Now that throws a wrench into these things, because right now it's not really against the law. It's just, you know, it's against NCAA rules, but you can circumvent it. Their proposal would make it against the law for a booster to give money as an inducement for a kid to pick their school. That, it's just kind of like a one-off in this deal that nobody's talking about. That is the most fascinating piece to all of this. That's how you That's how you make this above board, and you, you don't have people worrying. All the worry people that we've had over the past few months saying, well, what about people, you know, there, there's your answer to it. Basically, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to use the, the word, but you know what I'm saying, when you pay for certain favors, basically, I guess... Paying a recruit would become like that. It's legal to give somebody money, just not in this instance. Yep. Fascinating stuff. 601-879-4395. We'll talk about this further. We've got NFL games coming up this weekend. College football stories abound. We are two days away from the start of the season. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We will be right back. a text here from William that says it still hurts to think about what would have happened if Mississippi State hired Mike Leach instead of Joe Moorhead. He would have gotten Minshew in that 2018 defense. What might have been? I mean, oh man, that's that's right up there with you know if Cam Newton decides to keep ringing a cowbell. But does does he get Minshew though? Because are oh, you really going to so. step in and tell Nick Fitzgerald, hey, thanks but no thanks? Well, I mean, he told Garrett Schrader that. 
yeah, one of them's a lot more accomplished. Than I, mean, I, I get what you're saying, but you also remember Fitzgerald's coming off that nasty ankle injury oh, at that yeah. point. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know for sure, but I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I would have trusted Mike Leach to make a make Fitzgerald do a better quarterback than than he than he became his senior year. So it might not have made a, might might have might not have needed Minshew. I don't know. Yeah, uh, this is not what William is saying, but I did have a conversation, for example, the other day with my Mississippi State fan neighbor. He flags me down when he sees me walking my dog sometimes. Why and... are you always so pro <laughs> Ole Miss, Borky? He's a great guy, man. I, I love him. Um, but he said something the other day that was kind of funny to me. It was along these lines. He, he was like, you know, I'm just, I'm still disappointed that John Cohen, you know, couldn't see that it wasn't going to work. Like, like, how did Cohen make that hire? And I said, man, on paper, that was a really good hire. And I've said this yeah. before on this show, but it bears repeating because I, I do think, I mean, he's, I doubt he's alone in that he's kind of blaming the AD for for that hire and it not working out, but. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Sometimes it just doesn't work. There are really good hires that don't work. There are really bad hires that somehow find a way to work. Dabo Sweeney in Clemson's a great example. It was ripped apart. Pat Forty was at ESPN at the time. Clemson fans love to bring this up. He gave Clemson an F grade for hiring Dabo Sweeney. And he was almost fired there. And look at him now. Yeah. So... There are bad hires at work. There are good hires that don't. And on paper, Joe Moorhead was a very, very, very good hire. It just didn't work. I don't at all look or think of John Cohen in any way because of the result of the Joe Moorhead yeah. era at Mississippi State. It just no, didn't that, work. That, that hire was universally praised. Everybody, He's coming off of having those great years at Penn State. Everybody thought, oh, man, Fitzgerald and those guys and that offense, it's a match made in heaven. It just didn't work. Uh, sometimes it... Sometimes it doesn't work. So, and you're right. I mean, it's just, just how it goes sometimes. Jason says Congress has some uh, marbles to be doing anything when they've been working on another relief bill since May and have gotten nowhere. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I, in fairness, though, Anthony Gonzalez especially has been working on this for a long, long time. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty close to his heart. Yeah, as a, a former big-time athlete. So yeah, this is just more of a product of something he's been working on for, for a, a really long time. So, And it can't just be one guy's fault, for example, that Congress is still deadlocked on... Um, it's not really Congress, it's one half of Congress, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Listen to Gallo tomorrow at 6 a.m. for more. Uh, that has morning. That has deadlocked... Um, that relief bill. But anyway, <laughs> we get a text here from the 662. But Mississippi State receivers couldn't catch a cold butt naked in Alaska. While true, I mean, it's the same guys this year, so we'll see what happens. Oh, man. Hey, so, deeper, I, I got to send an email this morning uh, from a very nice listener wondering about the, the Garrett Schrader move. Um, he was asking it two ways. He said, one, does this mean that Garrett Schrader will never play quarterback again at Mississippi State? And two, do you think he's okay with it? That's what he asked, but I don't take it a step further. He's a very good athlete, obviously. And he wasn't going to play quarterback this year. And so get athletes on the field when you can get them. But is this a sign of uh, some concern about why the wide receiver position as a whole? 
because it was it was one that wasn't very good a year ago. And at least when you look at the depth chart, you think, hey, you know, this guy's unproven, but he's a Bama transfer and he's got the measurables to do it. This guy was a high-profile recruit. This guy's got the – you know, there are some things there that give you hope for the position, but do you think that move was not just because, hey, we want to get Schrader on the field, but it was also, oh, crap, we need help at wide receiver? I think there's some of that. Yeah, they, they, they need guys there for sure because nobody, nobody's proven, not even Osiris Mitchell. Um, but that said, I think this was more about Schrader realizing – I don't think Trader will ever play quarterback for Mississippi State again. I'll say that. I think if he stays at Mississippi State, he will do so as a receiver. Could he play quarterback again? Yeah, sure. He could go. He could go. There are other places he could go and be a really good quarterback. I think he's very talented. But at Mississippi State in this offense, no, probably not. So, I think this was more about Schrader saying, "I want to be on the field this year." You know, it, you got to remember this is a year that doesn't count for anybody. He's not losing any eligibility. He doesn't need to redshirt. So. He can just go out there, take his lumps, and if he look, if he succeeds, and he thinks, okay, I can do this. I can be a, a, a wide receiver. I could, I could be a good wide receiver. Well, then Mississippi State's a good place to do that now that they're going to be throwing the ball fifty plus times per game. But if it doesn't work out for him, he can just take his lumps and say, ah, it didn't work. I'm going to go find a place to play quarterback. There, it's really no lose for him, and it gets him onto the field this year. Yeah, and, and I, because he asked if, if I thought Schrader was okay with it, and of course, you know, we don't know for sure. I mean, deep down, he could be, you know, fighting mad or happy as can be. We have no idea. But my response was, even though he was just a freshman, so it's not really fair to say that he would have never become an NFL quarterback. He looked like a, a guy that could be a good college quarterback. But you have to remember, the list of guys that become NFL quarterbacks is very, very, very small. And also Mitch Trubisky. But it's very unlikely that he would have become an NFL quarterback just because of odds. And maybe he sees this as an opportunity to make an NFL roster. You know, quarterback's not going to work out here at Mississippi State for me. But I've got the body type and the size that Taysom Hill does. A lot of people like to compare the, the Plumlee situation at Ole Miss to Taysom Hill. And they're, they're different guys. Like, their skill sets are different. It, they're just both white guys that can run. But other than that, you have to use them differently. Garrett Schrader resembles Taysom Hill. He's a big guy, bigger than Taysom Hill, at least in height, for sure. And so maybe he sees that as the NFL's trying to evolve and use these hybrid-type, tight-end, flex guys, and that could be my window in the, into the league because quarterback didn't seem to be it. And so maybe that's his thought process, and that makes him okay with the move. Yeah. It's very possible. I don't think he's got the speed of Taysom Hill, but he's a big physical kid. We, I mean, we we know he can take a licking and keep on ticking, man. We saw him go, you know, 100 feet in the air up at Kansas State <laughs> or at the Kansas State game last year. So yeah, the athleticism is there. You know, he's he's got he's got everything else. Which is good. See if he can catch the ball. If he can catch the ball, then you're good to go. Otherwise, you know, like I said, it really does feel like. And for Mississippi State, too, it feels like a no-brainer in that if it doesn't work out, well, he was your seventh or eighth guy anyway. Just push somebody else up the depth chart to catch 30 passes. They'll find a guy. But if it does work out, well, then all of a sudden you got a, you got a weapon. We get a text here from the 601 talking about Malik Heath. I, I can't read this. I hope you understand. <laughs> so I will alter this text a little bit. Um, Malik Heath has great hands. Is good at catching the ball. Is good at catching the ball. Uh, he's going to have a monster year. So what do they expect from him? I, what, he was an original signee at Mississippi State, right? Had to go the JUCO route. Yeah, 
part of that great recruiting class of Stephen Gidry, Devontae Jason, and Malik Keith. That really turned things around for Mississippi State's passing game. Uh, Devontae Jason already gone. Gidry gone and didn't do anything. And now Heath is finally there. Um, I expect big things. I mean, he's starting. and He's a guy that I feel can be a vertical threat, a guy that's going to catch the ball. Uh, when you, when you throw it to him, I, the, what what this texter is saying is is everything I've heard is that's accurate that he does catch the ball when it's thrown to him. The only concern I have for week one is you know he was arrested in the summer for DUI. The fact that he's on the depth chart is at one and he's on the travel squad makes me believe he's probably not going to be suspended, but you know he might be suspended for a half. So we'll see what happens in this first game. But as far as the year goes, if we finish the year up and you told me that Malik Keith caught, and it's so weird to say for him as she, but he caught. 65 passes for crazy. 900 yards. Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally shocked by that. Um could be Mike Leach playing with depth charts as well. It could be. I mean, or just not giving anything tra- away, you know, just hey, yeah, if he's on the playing. travel roster, uh, he's probably playing. You wouldn't you wouldn't bring a suspended guy on the road. Yeah. It would just wouldn't make any sense. Like Willie Gay didn't travel with the team last year. So, and, and honestly, I'm I'm okay with that. Look, I I've said this before. Um when it comes to that kind of arrest. I've said it about Ole Miss players, players at other schools. I'm very consistent when it comes to this. Uh, DUI is a very stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. I myself have been lucky enough to, in my youth, in my stupidity, I drove when I shouldn't have. And I got lucky. I didn't get pulled over that night. I, I, that happened. So I got lucky. I'm okay if he plays. It happened in the summer. We don't know what kind of punishment he went through. I'm okay with that. As long as the coaches are okay with that, I'm okay with it too. Because I've kind of been in his shoes. I've made that stupid mistake myself. I was just lucky enough, number one, to not hurt anybody because I was stupid. And two, not getting arrested. So I said that about Doug Nikhazy, and I'll say that about Malik Heath as well. Consistency, I think, is important. Sports Talk Mississippi. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can. 601-879-4395. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. We'll be right back. So we're all familiar with Colin Cowherd, right? Most everybody that's listening to sports radio is familiar with who he is. That's pretty fair? I would think so. And if you don't, he's a national... Sports Talk Radio host. He was at ESPN for a long time. Now he's with uh, Fox. So he's on national radio as well as Fox Sports 1 every day. And in full transparency, he's the reason why I got into radio. uh, My freshman year of college, my roommate and I decided not to pay for the dorm cable package because it was absurdly priced and we figured we wouldn't be in the room that much. But when we plugged the TV in, I guess they screwed something up and we got like 15 channels. One of which was ESPNU the only ESPN channel we got in our dorm room. So I watched Cowherd every morning, and that drew me to radio because I thought he was he was smart and, and unique and brought uh, interesting angles to things and well-prepared. And since he switched over to Fox especially, he's kind of gotten a little crazy. Yeah. And if you've listened to him as regularly as I have, you know he has this theory about backwards hats. It started really with Tony Romo, And he said that you know that Tony Romo is not going to win a Super Bowl because he wears his hat backwards. And he talked about how it was because he didn't present himself well and franchise quarterbacks and Super Bowl winning quarterbacks should wear their hat forward and because he wears his hat backwards, he's not serious enough and stuff like that. That was his theory. 
now that Tony Romo is no longer playing, he has diverted his attention to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did a press conference recently after a couple of bad weeks. He's been awful in the early going in the NFL season. He did a press conference, I think it was this morning or yesterday afternoon, where his hat was on backwards. And Cowherd does a bit today where he's wearing an Eagles hat forwards, and then he turns it around backwards and starts talking like with this dumb accent and puts his hat back on forwards and says, who do you who looks like a franchise quarterback? The guy that wears the hat backwards like this or the guy that has it like this? I googled NFL QB's backwards hat. You want to know who comes up wearing a backwards hat? Brady. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson. There's another one of Tom Brady. There's one of Drew Brees. There's one more, a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Apparently he's a big backwards hat guy. The point is, that take isn't even rooted in fact. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just somebody, nonsense. Somebody nails it on the text line right here. Uh, uh, in the 662, Cowherd plays a character just like everyone else at Fox Sports. Accurate. Accurate. Everybody else there, Skip Bayless is playing a character. Colin Cowherd plays a character. And what Clay happened, Travis though? and Jason Whitlock play characters. They're not. They none of that stuff's real. It's like wrestling. I mean that that's just not how it used to be. No, it used to be. Hey, let's talk about sports and have real analysis and stuff. But then it turned in. They figured out that you could just make a lot more money yelling. I mean, I can yell at you right now if you want, Borky. We can start yelling, and it works. Borky! In the, it works in the short term. I mean, oh, yeah. there there are people that that are in it our works business. Long term, Skip Bayless makes six million dollars a year. Yeah, but if you look at the amount of viewers his show gets, I mean, his money is great. But oh yeah, yeah. I I, I don't care who listens, or if I'm making six million dollars a year, and they and they feel like it's 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 in their best interest to keep paying me that. Obviously, somebody's making some money. The business model, I think, is a failure, though. Eventually, oh, it will that. be because you should got, be. You've got these sports radio hosts that that go from market to market to market, and these stations hire them to just yell and say ridiculous crap, and it boosts ratings for a year, maybe two, maybe three. But then people get really worn thin on that act, and that person's ratings drop, and then they say something that's too far because they have to get their ratings back up. They get fired. They move to another market. There's a handful of guys that just keep bouncing around, just bouncing yeah, around the market Maria market. Taylor guy, just the other day we were talking about. Oh, he was yeah. one of those guys. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, got to make six million dollars a year. Somebody somebody messaged me once and was like, "Being disingenuous is the worst way to to do things in your career." And I was just like, "I disagree." <laughs> not not that I try to be disingenuous, but being disingenuous put Skip Bayless in, in the top tier tax bracket. Man, come on. Ron in Columbus says he wouldn't let a boy date either one of his daughters if he came to the house and. Showed up wearing a hat backwards. I hear that. I, I do. I that, hear that because that's I more about respect, though, for the father. The first time you meet of the father, you shouldn't do that. Now, you get to know a guy, sure, hat backwards. I, I don't care, but yeah. yeah, I agree with that. If if my daughters are almost that age, and if the kid showed up with a hat backwards, I'd be like, no, come on. Yeah, there's a difference when you're going to to meet the parents of a girlfriend and like after you just got done sweating your butt off at football practice and you have to talk to 
you know, a bunch of middle-aged guys with microphones in your face. It's it's a little bit of a different setting. Yeah. I hear you though. I mean, there there is a point where where decorum matters. Dress for the job you want or whatever. I mean, Bill Belichick wears sweatshirts with holes all over the shoulders. It looked like he hadn't taken a shower in days. So, I mean, it's football. It's a football player. You know, he's not taking your daughter to prom. I do hear you though. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have a daughter yet. Dak wore a cowboy hat Sunday in his post game. Did you presser. see that? He Pretty looked sharp. like J.R. Ewan walking in there, man. <laughs> Had the cowboy boots, the 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 button down shirt, and and that and the ten gallon hat. Like he could he could have been on Dallas. He could have been right there with Bobby and Jr. You know what's crazy? You'll be proud of me. I know that reference. There you go. See? I am aware of Dallas. That that's that's a uh, something that's classic enough that it's got to have. You know, it has staying power. Oh yeah, and they tried if to reboot it for a little while. You probably wouldn't get it. So, Quinn says no. Alvin Kamara does press conferences with no shirt. What does that mean? Well, he's a running back. You're not looking oh, yeah, at him to lead. You know, he also plays that's games a- with tens of thousands of dollars worth of diamonds on his teeth. So that's you true. Know. It's true. Oh, man. Jason says, Brett Favre used to wear his hat backwards when he was doing jeans commercials. I beg to differ about those people on ESPN talk shows resembling wrestling. Pro wrestling at least makes an effort to be realistic in their promos. <laughs> I mean, you got the you got the thing that, that, that skipped me the other day with Dak and, and the mental illness and mental, you know, mental health thing. And I was just like, nobody says that and actually believes it. Yeah, that is a he promo. He can't believe that. That is a promo. That is like Triple H calling the people in the stadium, you know, a bunch of hicks. It's fake. It's written down for him. Nobody believes that. And then he comes up the next day and he apologizes by pounding the table and saying, I'm right. So, yeah. Hayden Hurst, by the way, this is what we were talking about. Saw that. As far as uh, the DAC thing. And I mean, just how stupid that kind of take is from Skip Bayless. Because. Not only is it kind of gross because you have no idea what people are going through internally at all. Right. Uh, n- not a clue. And we should normalize getting help if you're struggling. That should be a normalized thing. But what made it so stupid is that he said, as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, your teammates aren't going to respect you. And that's just not true. And so after he beats the Falcons, a really good player for the Falcons runs up to Dak and gives him a hug and says, man, thank you so much for saying that. My mom and I work on a foundation, let's work together. And apparently that happened after they played uh, the Rams as well. That he had multiple yeah. Rams players come up and say, hey man, thank exactly. you for saying that. Like That took something, exactly. and we appreciate you. So it was it's just wrong on all counts. It's crazy that Skip Bayless is such a jerk. His brother is like one of the coolest guys that ever lived. Really? You don't know what his brother is? No, Rick, no idea. Rick Bayless? He owns like nine Mexican restaurants in Chicago. Like high-end Super Mexican restaurants. Hmm. Great places to eat. Strider in Indianola, by the way, says, uh, got news for y'all. They're going to date whoever they want. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> You're making my blood pressure go up, Strider. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not going to have girls. That's just what it comes down to. Good luck with that. You don't have a whole <laughs> lot of choice in that matter. You don't, it's a coin flip. <laughs> it's, it's not really. Just like the guy that's like, oh, I'm really good at blackjack. No, you're not. No, you're not. You can follow the rules of blackjack. There are rules. There are there are things that you can play to help you play better. But at the end of the day, it's just what the cards are. 
Check Bully is wondering when Richard's going to bounce to another market. Buddy, that, that guy is as Mississippi. I mean, he... He ain't going nowhere. Nope. I would like for him to. But that's a, you know, that's a conversation for... If any one of us is leaving, it's going to be you. You're the one who's one day you're going to get a phone call and they're going to tell you to come to Atlanta and change your last name because Borky is too off-putting. <laughs> now you're Michael... You're Michael... Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good last name. Michael Steele. Ooh. Makes you want to be a pro wrestler. Special Agent Michael Scar. <laughs> we do get somebody that's tooting our horn here. He says, you want real sports analysis, go to local guys like Sports Talk Mississippi, who are the national guys that have real analysis to give. There's a few hanging on. There's a few. I mean, like, if you were watching Monday Night Football, how much better is it this year with Lewis Riddick in, in the booth? Oh, my god, That guy knows what he's talking about. Ten now, times Steve better. Levy is just okay, but Lewis Riddick is super sharp. And Brian Greasy, super sharp guys. Greasy played the game. Riddick w- worked in the game. They know what they're talking about. But, yeah, for the most part, the national guys are just screaming at each other about LeBron. <sighs> A couple of your texts have come in. We'll get to those. And we turn the page to the 4 o'clock hour. A couple of uh, sound bites from coaches at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, as well as Lee Sterling coming up in the next hour. Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Dad, have you have you had to do any homeschooling? Yeah, my daughter, both of my daughters are doing some some. One is doing just the homeschool, but that's going to be back to normal. She's going back to normal next month, and then the other one is doing hybrid. So she's home some days and and at school some others. So you'll be able to relate to this then. I know we've seen a lot of people uh, over the last few months. Uh, share stories, and I've talked to a few people about working from home with the kids being home and how miserable that experience has become. Oh, yeah. Um, If you've ever been to a Trader Joe's or if you've been in this situation, you'll appreciate this. So there's a picture from a uh, Trader Joe's where they labeled uh, the wine section of Trader Joe's parental homeschool supplies. I mean, I get it. Did they get in trouble for that? Oh, I'm sure they will. Somebody will complain. It's a funny joke, though. Oh, it is? oh it's definitely funny. Jason says Michael Dorky would work as a national name. <laughs> That's not nice. Joke is so old. Last time I heard that, I fell off my dinosaur, Jason. Now that's an old joke. Also, uh, stepbrothers reference, even though it's not where it originated, but... You know, good movie. Yeah. Bull Pool, uh, a resident troll, by the way, he created a Twitter account just to tweet at Richard. Um, says this. Is it true that Richard smells like mayonnaise-covered salmon that's been left in the desert for a day? So goes the rumor. Can you confirm? I'll just say this. What? There's a reason we put him in the studio by himself. I mean, because there are options uh, that we could work out to where we're together more often, but we choose not to. And so read into that what you will. Okay. This guy's a, he's got this Twitter account that is interesting. Go, go read the text that he has sent us. It's been something else. Sure. By the way, college football gets uh, big-time news. If you're just a college football fan, I know the SEC season starts in two days, and that's where all of our focus is going to be, but 
for when there's like an 11 o'clock game and the SEC slate's not very good, let's say Arkansas or Vanderbilt uh, are what you're going to be forced to be watching, there's a guy that plays for Purdue or played for Purdue, Rondale Moore, uh, opted out of the season because, you know, the Big Ten was going to move to spring. He's going to be an NFL player. Chose to just opt out because of that. Well, guess what? He's back in. And he is one of the more electric players in college football. Rondale Moore returns to Purdue. He just announced that, and uh, he'll be there for the season to begin. So every major Big Ten opt-out that I've seen uh, is back. So that's good the for... Only one that, the only one not is Micah Parsons. And he, he opted out so far into, into the past. I think he opted out in, like, late May. And... Uh, or just like right after the NCAA decided opting out would be allowed, and it's good. They said there's a tweet right now from Ralph Russo of the AP who says James Franklin does not feel. I don't think he feels very confident he's going to get him back. But other than that, yeah. And if you remember, it was a couple of years ago when he was a freshman. Uh, Rondale Moore's the guy that kind of single-handedly beat Ohio State that night. I mean, a lot of things had to go right, but that was the night where, oh gosh, his name's escaping me. Um, the Purdue student, um, oh who god, had cancer. Yes. I, know I know you're talking about, yeah. And they did the bit. They had college game day there, and they they did the big feature on him, and and he Is was Alex a, something. Oh gosh, um, I don't remember. We'll have to Google that. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Trent. That's right, Tyler Trent. That's right. The Tyler Trent game where he was able to to go and watch Purdue, and and he died not long after that. A huge Purdue fan was a student there. Wrote a book. Um, and he was he, he was close to to passing away, and, and he got to see Purdue play that night. And the team credited him for the win. They said he was the the one that gave him the strength. But if you remember the game itself, Rondale Moore beat Ohio State almost by himself. He was that electric that night. It's that guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that very clearly. Yeah, and that guy, uh, Rondale Moore, is a fantastic. I don't know what kind of pro he's going to be. No, because he's a smaller guy. I mean, that said, maybe he could be like a Darren Sproles type guy. I don't know, but and at this level, that is one of the most electric players in college football. I'm glad. I said it last uh, last week. I'm glad the Big Ten is back, and I'm glad these players are back. I want college football. I want it to be at its highest level. I want to watch as much of it as I can. I want to see these players play. I'm looking forward to it myself as well. Mike in Oxford asked if we saw that Ole Miss baseball had to shut it down. Yeah, I saw that earlier. The good news is uh, Ole Miss baseball had a, a string of positives, so they have decided to shut down workouts for a couple of weeks. According to Kendall Rogers, they are um, either very few symptoms or completely asymptomatic. So that if if there's a silver lining to an outbreak within a team, it's that it doesn't really it's not really affecting them. Uh, so that's good. But yeah, Ole Miss baseball. Also, not... it's six months to the season. Yeah. There's some time for them to recover, I suppose. But uh, yeah, that news is out there as well. Four o'clock hour coming up. You'll hear a lot. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Coach Interviews, and Lee Sterling all coming up here after a quick timeout at Sports Talk Mississippi. Hour two, Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. It is Sports Talk. It is great to be with you. 601-879-4395 is the text line if you want to be a part of the conversation. But right now, somebody that I'm excited that we got to hear from on game week, Mississippi State defensive coordinator Zach Arnett. By the way, if you want 
believe in somebody the way Zach Arnett believes in Miles Brennan. Some high praise for the LSU quarterback and a whole lot more. He met with the media last night. And so here's uh, all of that conversation. I cut out some of the dead time in between so we can fit it all in right here. Here is Zach Arnett, Mississippi State's defensive coordinator, uh, meeting with local media, including Brian Haydad, last night. Coach, we've had a couple of uh, candid comments from you about the uh, progress of your defense during camp. Now as you're getting ready to play a ball game, how would you kind of assess where you are in relation to your expectations? Oh, I, I'm not sure you ever know exactly where you're at until you actually line up and you know pl- play a real game. Obviously, scrimmages, had some scrimmage opportunities. Um, some guys have performed well. Obviously, you know, you see things that you need to get better at. And so uh, I know this, we got an excited group of guys ready to ready to kick it off on Saturday and, uh, you know, come around, what, 6.30 p.m. or so, we'll, we'll know a lot more about, about what we got. Coach, you talked uh, some during camp about the versatility of Buki Watson being able to play different positions. How valuable does that kind of depth and versatility come in a, in a game like against LSU? Obviously, you know you mentioned you mentioned the opponent there. You know, you better be pretty versatile when you're facing them. You look you look at their offense last year. Shoot, my goodness, they they hurt you every way imaginable. You know, so uh, you you better have some versatility. Um, but the, the other thing is, you know, that I think everyone in football is dealing with this year is you better have some depth and some versatility because you don't know when a guy might you know contact tracing or or coronavirus related, you know, a guy might get shut down for 10 to 14 days. And if you don't have some, some depth on your roster, then, then those are big blows. If you lose a starter or something like that to a, you know, something like that. Coach, I think you guys had about 12 or 13 underclassmen on the two deep. I mean, I know that's a lot of young guys and, you know, some, some of them have played, some haven't, but I guess, is that something you've had before in defenses that you've worked with? And I I guess, what is the challenge of that? I, uh, there's always a challenge of, with youth and experience because they just don't have the the reps built up, you know, playing in live games. I, I've said it about Errol several times, right? How much how much football has he played? There's not not really anything we can show him or ask of him that he hasn't he hasn't come across already. And so you don't have you don't have that luxury with uh, you know with a lot of youth and experience. But to be honest with you, every every program you typically deals with it every you know three four years, right? You you get a good recruiting class, the guys. All of a sudden, you got guys who are two and three year starters, and you're really good. And then they all graduate or, or leave early, and you have to start off with a new bunch. So it, it happens every, you know, in every cycle. It happens to everyone. Coach uh, London Kraft earning a starting spot at the uh, first team defense. Uh, what did he do to kind of earn that spot? What's he done to kind of stand out? We, we keep it pretty simple, right? We, we turn on the tape and we evaluate who we think is, uh, you know, the most reliable, playing the hardest in the right in the right place where you know where we can count him to be when they're supposed to be there and so uh, right now he's the guy who's who's shown showing that the most doesn't mean other guys aren't going going play and rotate with him in there or something but uh, you know through this long extended camp you know 25 practices over I don't know how many six seven weeks it's been uh, you know he's probably shown them the most consistency there and so he's earned the right to start. Coach, Coach Leach has had some familiarity with Coach Pelini at LSU. They, they matched up a couple of times. Do you have any familiarity with Coach Linehan or, or Coach Emsinger down at LSU? Uh, no firsthand uh, familiarity. I know I know the offensive coordinator at San Diego State when I was there, uh, Coach Jeff Horton, 
he and he and Coach Linehan are really good buddies. They go back to you know, NFL days, but that's that's about all I know about him. I think his son is a GA now at uh, San Diego State, so I couldn't I couldn't bribe him for any secret info, though. Unfortunately, Coach, I guess a, a little bit in that vein. I mean, LSU's replacing a lot of pieces, and maybe you know some of the guys that are on the film from last year aren't there anymore. What is the challenge of that? And I guess how do you guys kind of approach you know looking at a defense or an offense rather that you know you do have some unknowns and some some new faces that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, you know, part of me feels like when you when you have a year where I think he maybe they set a record for the most yards ever, uh, you know, in the history of college football. Hard for me to believe they're gonna they're gonna change drastically, you know, from what worked and got in the national title. So I, I think you're gonna see a lot of the same things. But obviously, you got different, you know, you got different influences in there, um, and so I'm sure. Coach Linehan's going to bring things from what he did with the Cowboys, um, you know, and they they obviously recruit very well every year. So they're going to have plenty plenty of good athletes uh, running around the field. And they might not be household names yet because they were behind those guys playing a whole bunch a year ago. But I, I promise you, there'll be no shortage of uh, speed and talent on that field. Coach, you got a couple JUCO transfers that have been battling pretty good at. Sam linebacker with Tyrus Wheat and Jordan Davis. What have you seen from those guys camp and, and leading up to the season? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it has been a good competition. Uh, you know, JD early on in camp got a little bit of an ankle, an ankle sprain, so he missed about a, a week or so, maybe early on in camp. This is a while ago. It's I mean, he's well past it, but uh, you know, so obviously he lost out on some reps there. Uh, I think maybe that first scrimmage, he, you know, he was just getting back fresh. So it's been a little while, but it has been a good battle. I, you know, you talked about versatility. Obviously, we think those guys are, you know, big enough, strong enough to play at the play at the line of scrimmage if we need them to, like a defensive end, and yet also athletic enough and um, you know savvy enough to to play off the ball and drop into space from time to time. And so we're glad we got those two. Coach, I know it's kind of a limited film review, but Miles Brennan, a quarterback there, pretty capable guy in Mississippi High School ranks. What are your impressions of him so far? He got a cannon. I mean, he's a, you know, I, sometimes watching film his manner, it's almost look like Peyton Manning-ish, you know? I mean, the way he moves around and stuff. He got a big, strong arm. He can make all the throws. Uh, you know, I want to say the cut-up I watched of all his plays last year, you know, so. He got there's quite a bit of action on there, right? Because they were up in a lot of games, so he got in late there. Uh, and not afraid to stand in there and, and deliver the ball. I mean, he took a I can remember against Vanderbilt, <clears throat> takes a, a safety or a linebacker blitzing off the edge, and he takes it right in the chops, and, and he hangs in there and delivers a a wide field out. And so, you know, big strong strapping guy with a with a big arm, and and they've even ran some quarterback draws with him. You know, drop back, make it look like he's passing, and then. And pull it down and run for a first, and so you know maybe maybe not not quite as fast or uh, as elusive maybe Joe Burrow was a year ago, but by no means is he just a stand in the pocket only and not not be able to hurt you with his legs either. Coach, one name I keep hearing from people who cover LSU is their true freshman tight end Eric Gilbert. Yeah, how, me too. How difficult is it to game plan for a player like that when all you have on him is high school film? <laughs> His high school film's pretty good. I don't know if you um, – no, I mean, I mean, it is it is what it is, right? I mean, 
obviously, like I said, you see the way they used their tight end a year ago. Um, you know, you hear you hear articles about how good he's looked and and the different ways they can use him. And obviously, they got really good coaches who who will put him in the best position to be successful. So, uh, you know, I don't think you until you actually come out and after a first couple series, you get a feel for maybe the different ways that the tight end is being used. You know, you go, you go in with your base game plan and then you adjust if it's giving you problems. And that was Zach Arnett, Mississippi State defensive coordinator. Uh, anything there stand out to you? Other than that, uh, I, I just from from you know I don't know how much you can take from from just hearing him you know I had the the, the privilege of being on the Zoom so I could see him too and I, I think he knows his defense is 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 in for a tough test this weekend uh, I mean you don't have to be a, a rocket scientist to know that obviously but he he knows the task in front of them is going to be a very very tough one it's a big hill to climb I'll use all the cliches I can here and if it's going to take a performance that I don't even think that he's expecting to get. For Mississippi State to have any kind of chance to win this game, they have to be able to slow LSU down. I have faith in the offense. I have faith in Leach and Costello and Kylan Hill to, to be able to put some points on the board. But that defense, man, they have they have got to play above their heads this weekend. And we will find out in two days if they can. Oh yes, two days. Really good stuff there. He's got we'll the at, sound. We'll be of, at the half. We will. Yeah. Um. Do we know, by the way, if the Supreme Court? nominee thing is still happening, and if so, will CBS cut away from the game to cover that? I have a, I have a CBS sports subscription. I'm, I may have to put it to use. We may have just uh, brought some bad news to some people. We'll explain later on in the show what is possibly happening to the Mississippi State game, but next, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, Paramount sports joins us, and we'll hear from Lane Kiffin after that. At sports Talk Mississippi, we'll be right back. For the first time today, we go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Our buddy Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. And before we get into your picks, Lee, I do want to ask you uh, just real quick your thoughts on the uh, interstate rivalry happening tonight in the NFL Jags versus Dolphins. What do you think about that game in your home state? <laughs> Denzel Kimdiche on the line? What's going on here? Any, any football is good football after what I went through in the last six months. So uh, I'm a Dolphins fan. Hey, I'll take anything to have a chance to get a win. <laughs> I'm in a great mood. I mean, my Miami Marlins, who basically cleaned house two years ago, have an outside chance of making the playoffs. It's expanded eight teams in, in each, uh, each, each side make it. And then my heat is one game away from the NBA Finals. Feeling good, huh? I'm feeling great. Probably feeling <laughs> better than we won all, today. We won all three weeks. Let me tell you, I, I thought it was going to be tougher. Now, it is tougher in college football because I've got to do so much more searching to find out who's going to play. And then when I find out even who's out and who's playing, I've got to try to figure out how they fit in, these young kids uh, who are stepping in for for some kids out with COVID. So college has been more challenging. The NFL and and and... 
and also uh, NBA haven't haven't been too bad. So I'm feeling good, and we've all won all three weeks. We got five college yep. picks, all of which in the SEC. One NFL pick, but before we do that, Lee, where can people get your picks and your information? Go to ParamountSports.com. This is what I'm going to do. Normally, we hit on our, our first 40 to 50 unit play, which is our biggest plays of the year. We have maybe five or six an entire season. First, last week with UCF, they blasted Georgia Tech 49-21. to 21. If they want to get involved, normally you have to be a monthly or season subscriber to get our top plays. I'm going to do this week because I know a lot of people would like to get involved, but maybe it's a price point, and they'd like to get that big game. I have a 40-50 to 50 unit play in college football game that no one's looking at. It, the line's off by two touchdowns. On top of that, you'll get everything I've got, college football in the NFL, 10 to 12 games. I'll throw in also my NBA plays. We're on a 7-1 and one run there. And the UFC, we've won 17 of the last 20 cards. I have a 50-unit parlay. We're 6-1 and one on those 40-50 to 50 UFC plays. Everything for one week, $97, ParamountSports.com. All right, let's get into the games now. Georgia and Arkansas, big line in this game. What do you see here? Well, I, I mean, if Georgia had a competent or a returning starter at quarterback, I'd lay it. But but the problem is no one knows what DeJuan Mathis really is all about. It's his first start at quarterback. I know it's on the road, and that makes it tougher. Uh, new offensive coordinator. I mean, had keep adding layers that make it tougher and tougher. Their defense looks elite. But uh, Arkansas should be improved. 14 starters returned from last year. Four grad transfer starters. It's like having 18 starters, and one of them's Felipe Franks. Remember, he was a starting quarterback last year for Florida and got hurt in the first game. And Sam Pittman, new head coach for Arkansas, he knows everything about Georgia. He was the offensive line coach for three years. Georgia wins 34-13, but Arkansas covers. Next, uh, speaking of the SEC East, Florida going to Oxford this weekend, a two-touchdown favorite, depending on where you look. Uh, what do you see going on in Oxford? Well, Ole Miss is going to probably have to throw the football. I mean, they do like to run. They average 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, John Rice Plumley is a dual threat, but more of a runner. Uh, the quarterbacks combined only threw for 10 touchdowns, and Florida stops a run. They only give up 3.2 yards per carry. They have some elite guys in the front seven. But with a running back coming back, a starter, top three receivers, you know, they should be improved, and that's where Lane Kiffin comes in. Uh, I mean, look at what he did at FAU. I mean, teams in that conference couldn't stop him. Florida does return Kyle Trask, but they lose their top running back and two of their top three receivers here. And except for Tennessee Martin and Vanderbilt, they didn't score above 40 points. Do you really want to lay – Two-plus touchdowns on the road? I don't. Florida escapes 34-30. I think the honeymoon period is on here with Lane Kiffin. Ooh, underdogs yep. so far. What some people think is going to be the game of the weekend, Auburn and Kentucky. Uh, touchdown, eight-point line here. Bo Nix, before he finishes, it's going to feel like he's been around for 15 years, but uh, he's only starting his second year. I think he takes a, a huge leap uh, from his freshman to a sophomore year under new offensive coordinator Chad Morris, who I like a lot, but no spring practices and, and lost four of those five starting offensive linemen. 
Kerry Wilson does return for Kentucky. Remember, two years ago, he led him to a 10-3 and record. He's not a great passer, uh, pretty good scrambler. He ran for over 500 yards a couple years ago, but missed last year. Kentucky's offensive line much improved their offense and defensive line compared to a couple years ago. They're not at the elite in the offensive and defensive line in the SEC, but they might be in that second tier, and uh, they're big and talented here. Gus Malzahn, he does not do his best work as a Jordan-Hare SEC favorite, just 4-11 in the last 15. I think Kentucky's going to muck up this game and slow it down. Kentucky Outright, the wrong team's favored, 24-20. Wrong team favored in <laughs> Auburn. I know Brian Haydad loves that pick as well. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com with you making picks. Uh, you said uh, nothing but winners so far, winning weeks in college football for you, right? Yeah, have not had a losing week. So we've lost a couple games. I actually lost Tulane. My my loser in college football last week was Tulane up 24 nothing at the half, and then Buffalo let a backdoor touchdown in with 30 seconds. So if you're going to lose a game, that's probably the way you want to lose. At least had a good read on it. The other game yep. happening, at least from a Mississippi perspective, Mississippi State, heavy underdog in Baton Rouge, 25% capacity, so not a real Tiger Stadium experience. New quarterback for LSU. What do you see here? So I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for this offense here with LSU. The defense is going to be really good, but uh, the offense you know, might take some time. And on the other side, Mississippi State with Mike Leach, and I like to refer to him as the Pirate. He's got K.J. Costello, and when he was healthy at Stanford, he was really good. And then he brings along disciple Zach Arnett. Not a lot of people are familiar with him, but he was a uh, rocky long disciple, and he runs that 3-3 defense. And he usually gives young or inexperienced quarterback trouble with that defense here. And LSU struggled for three quarters in the game last year in Starkville before winning that game 36-13, but they were plus three in turnover ratio. And the Pirate, this is where he does his best work, 14-6 and six against the spread the last five years as an underdog. LSU wins 37-23, but state covers. Mm. Take it. Yep. You would take it right now if you're a Mississippi State fan. Absolutely. Uh, last college game that Lee's going to pick for us, uh, the closest line of the weekend, Tennessee at South Carolina. Just a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on where you're looking. Yeah, they want to get that game. Just call the number 800-400-9741. Tennessee wants to stay on that roll after they won six in a row. South Carolina needs to get off uh, starting winning. And, and how about this NFL game, New Orleans and Green Bay? Love Both that. teams could be without their top receiver in this game. The difference here is just something's wrong with Drew Brees. I think he slipped, and I just think that this Green Bay team that scored 40 points against two division rivals, uh, they're playing at a real high level. I'm going to call for a second. Wrong team is favored. Green Bay, 31-28 over the Saints. So you love this Aaron Rodgers revenge tour he's on right now. Oh, he is. is, It's a scorched earth tour. Um, uh, All you need to do is throw in a girl that maybe dumped him, and (laughs) we'd have the makings of a Hollywood movie. Well, he and Danica did break up, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. He, she could have been the one. Yeah, that maybe that plays into it also. So uh, it just doesn't. Does he, does he seem like a, a fun guy? No, like it to me. no. <laughs> yeah, it seems. I mean, like Jay Cutler. You know, just not much personality there. Uh, so Lee, correct me if I'm wrong here. You love underdogs this weekend. I've been kind of uh, tooting this horn, especially in college football. 
early game, first game, early season yep. underdogs with the coronavirus offseason, I think it levels the playing field. Are you looking oh, at it that way as well, or is it just on circumstance? No, I, I, I think it's a combination. I, I do think it's leveled the playing field. And, and you know, if, if you don't – the keys I'm looking for, returning offensive linemen, returning quarterback – key you got to have that and you got to have experienced quarterbacks under center uh, or else the first week could be a disaster that's lee sterling paramount sports one more time tell the people where they can get your work yeah just check it check us out online paramountsports.com that 97 dollar special everything all three sports 97 dollars, including my second 40 to 50 unit play we're over 75 percent over the last 12 years paramountsports.com or call right now 800 400 9741. Lee, you're the best. Good luck this weekend. Uh, okay, thanks, guys. That's Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Off to a hot start is Lee Sterling. So hopefully, I mean, he got Ole Miss and Mississippi State covering the spread this weekend. Uh, be a, that'd be a fun show on Monday. If we yes, get those yes it would. We'll hear a little bit of Lane Kiffin audio next. He touched on a bunch of stuff from Otis Reese and his statement that he put on Twitter to how he's going to handle play calling duties. Spoiler alert, not going to be him on Saturday calling the plays. Different approach uh, for Lane Kiffin than most people expect. All that coming your way next at Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Hey, Ned, have you heard this song before? Yeah. Okay. I was, was going to make you guess. It's Eddie Murphy. This is Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You're the producer. What's for the song? No. Rick James. Oh, of course. I love this song, though. Oh, it's great. Great 80s music. Couldn't sing a lick. No, terrible. But Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian oh, Hayden. You're getting me. You're getting me on 80s yeah, music trivia. What was I thinking there? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Couple of texts here. Quinn got it, by the way. He said Eddie Murphy and uh, Rick James. Tommy Morris yeah. is ready for SEC football. Roll, t- roll tide and go Corinth Warriors. There you go. Appreciate you listening up there in North Mississippi. Roll tide to you as well. And we get a text from a Florida fan living in the 601. Sends us a. Graphic that says Gator Nation and Ole Miss is going down. It's not just Ole Miss. It's old. Old, old Miss. Miss. That is what it autocorrects to, though. Unless, like, True. you've typed it a lot. but yeah. Which I have, so I, I get the old. <laughs> I've typed it enough. Speaking of Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin met with the media yesterday. Talked about Otis Reese. Dean Leonard, who, by the way, interesting situation we haven't talked about yet. Dean Leonard is a defensive back for Ole Miss, was in Canada playing college football. They shut down their season. He and another guy from Canada, different school, transferred to Ole Miss. One of them's a defensive end. Got cleared by the NCAA, cleared by the SEC. He's going to play and play a lot on Saturday. Dean Leonard, almost identical situation. Cleared by the NCAA, has yet to be cleared by the SEC. So, and you'll hear from Kiffin, they sound frustrated with that situation as well. Play calling duty, stuff like that. So here's Lane Kiffin yesterday with local media there in Oxford. Lane, we all saw the statement that Otis put out last night. Just 
were you aware of some of the things he alleges in there and what have your conversations been like with him throughout this process as he's dealing with all he's dealing with? I've been here to support him. Um, this has been a, a rough road for him. Um, still is, you know, and I know he's he's frustrated um, along with some other, other players, you know, that still don't have responses about whether they can play or not. And like I just said, we just finished our last full practice. So, you know, if he's ineligible, he's down on service team. If he's eligible, he's starting. So that's a big difference. So it's, <clears throat> I obviously wish it was resolved and we would know I thought it would have been, but it's not. So, you know, any questions about, you know, his statement, you know, should be referred to his attorney. Given what's going on with the season, COVID and whatnot, the late start, all that, uh, is there a greater emphasis in the first game on fundamentals and, uh, and where are you guys with eyes in the right place, first steps for linemen, that sort of thing? Well, I hope we're good at those things. Um, you know, I think it's <clears> – I haven't watched much football, but just when I get, you know, people reporting me what's going on, there's a lot of sloppy play, which you would expect, um, a lot of turnovers, and a lot of missed tackles and not playing the ball well. So – sure that's a product of, of no spring and so we're just doing the best we can I got I got no idea what's going to happen Saturday you know um, but we'll be there I know that much when you have a new staff and are installing new systems does that uh, give you less time to work on fundamentals sure you know I've said all along you know it's no secret and it's no excuse for first-year staffs but this is not ideal by any means I said before, had I been, you know, still where I was at, the FAU, I wouldn't be very nervous because, you know, you're returning for four year, fourth year and, you know, the majority of your players, you've already coached, you know what they do on game day, you know, they know your expectations, so it is what it is. Hey, Lane, I was wondering if you'd heard from the SEC yet about Dean Leonard. No, another thing where, you know, be on service team for the whole year versus probably starting for us, so... Um, you know, that one's probably more frustrating because it's already there and, you know, it's not a real, it's not a real complicated deal. You know, he was, couldn't play, they didn't have football anymore. So, you know, what was the kid supposed to do? Sit and not play football? So you would sure, you would sure think that, you know, he'd, he'd be able to play uh, just like NCAA said he should. Jeremy Pruitt a few minutes ago was saying something kind of similar about his waiting to hear from the league about Cade Mays. Is there a do you, is there a time that you, you have to get them? Do they have to give you an answer one way or the other, or is can it just be left open-ended going into Saturday? I don't know that there's a rule about that. You know, I know when it's a school, you know, they have a certain number of days to respond, you know, to something, but I, I don't know when it, when it goes to the SEC, I do not know that. Um, I've asked, uh, you know, every day, and I guess they're still working on it. Lane, you talked about moving some pieces around. I noticed on the roster that you guys have moved Grant Tisdale and Cade Renfro to receiver. Can you talk about what went into that and just kind of why you need those guys there instead of quarterback? Yeah, again, like I said at the beginning, we're just preparing for every possible scenario that you could could have. Uh, we're very fortunate right now. Uh, I know we tested again this morning, so we'll have those back uh, tomorrow. 
but like I've said, our last two tests of two weeks um, have been have been perfect. So uh, we've just throughout this, you know, with defensive guys learning offense, all the things we've talked about, we're just preparing for every every situation by you know moving some backups around. Do you feel comfortable being able to play with just three scholarship quarterbacks for the season? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we do. Lane, we, we've asked some of the players about uh, the anticipated energy level inside the stadium on Saturday. Uh, what, just curious what your thoughts are on that with the crowd limited and, and things like that. And also, uh, you know, communication issues are locked thereof uh, with less people inside the stadium. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it'll be strange for our fans, um, you know, for our, our returning players. Um, I kind of joked the other day, but really I, I've just spent three years in Conference USA, so I, I've been kind of used to social distancing crowds um, at a lot of places. So I don't think it'll be that strange for me. Can you just talk us through the process that you and Jeff are going to use when calling plays? I know Jeff's probably going to handle most of it, but how involved are you going to be in the play calling? Uh, yeah, we're running, you know, what you would have seen at UCF. So, um, you know, I'm there for him if he, you know, has questions or things, um, you know. But, you know, I decided when I took the job to, you know, hire a system and let them do it. I think when, when you mess with them too much, um, you know, that can, you know, not be good And as the head coach. So, um, I try to leave, leave my coaches alone for the most part, and um, so so I can manage the game. Not exactly hard hitting stuff here, Lane. I'm just curious what kind of re- reaction you got from players and recruits so far about the powder blue jerseys. Uh, I think it's been very positive. Um, I know the players were extremely grateful and, and excited, and I think recruits will know more, obviously, from watching the game. You know, but it's. You know, I know you can't please everybody, and you know maybe there's some fans that you know don't like them from a tradition standpoint things. But you know, my message would be like with a lot of things, like I say all the time, you know, people are a lot more happy when you get good players and win games. So you know, sometimes you got to make decisions for what your players want and what recruits want. Another hard hitting question here, Lane, but I am curious to know your reaction to a six foot bobblehead of Lane Kiffin and uh, how close that is to actual size. Uh, it's very creepy when they showed it to me like a month ago. Um, so it's kind of eerie being around it. Um, but I think they did a good job. Um, I think they, they took some pounds off me, so so I was grateful for that. Um, now people will just be disappointed when they see me in real life, I guess. <laughs> that was fun fun stuff there. Uh, he says it so so moda, you know, just low key, like monotone. You don't think he's being funny, but it's a little creepy. Yeah, a little creepy. It maybe looks skinnier. He has. Uh, and if anyone wants to make one of those, of me, perfect. And the the conference USA comment was just hilarious. No offense to USM fans, but that was uh, funny. But you know, it, it's not like he was lying. No. And speaking of waiver requests, by the way, so uh, Mark Stoops said. Um, he is not optimistic that they will know Joey Gatewood's status when they board the plane. Yeah, he transferred in December, December, yeah. and he's going into his first game. I mean, we are two days away. He's going to get on a plane not knowing whether or not he can actually play, and and this happens all the time. 
And yet, the the people in power in college sports just let this happen. They don't care. They just don't, don't care. care. From a football perspective of that of that press conference, I am a little surprised that he's not calling plays. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if if you want to go with what Central Florida works, by all means, that's a very effective and innovative and uh, exciting offensive system. But I would have thought Lane Kiffin would have had a, a bigger uh, handle on that than they, apparently he's just. Now I guess he's going to go to sort of with the same thing that Joe Moorhead used to say, which is he's got fifty one percent of the vote. But at the same time, it seems like he's going to he's going to put a lot of that in Jeff Levy's hands. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he has mentioned in the past it it'll allow him to focus on game management because there is a lot of bad game management in college football. I imagine he saw the film from last year's team and wanted to vomit. So maybe there's something to that. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Welcome back in Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We get a question here on the text line. When will we know if any SEC team will not be able to play this weekend? Um, Here was my response. I think I've got this pretty accurate. I think we would already know, but we will know for sure tomorrow because there was a round of testing that happened. Generally speaking, Alabama's getting tested every day, but it's usually three times a week. So most likely there was a round of testing for everybody yesterday. We will get results for those either late today or tomorrow. And we will know if a team had an outbreak that was significant enough to not play. I think we will know for sure tomorrow without a doubt. But I think we will know already. That sounds right. I think a lot of those teams, though, they wouldn't have traveled if they thought yeah. that they were going to have these problems. I think, like, I believe... Well, I guess it won't, a lot of them won't leave until tomorrow, though. So, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, Is Mississippi State spending Friday in Baton Rouge? Yeah, they'll be down there tomorrow. Okay. That would make sense. I did. There are some teams in college football, and even the NFL explored the possibility of same-day travel, and I don't think that that should be not done. Not to Baton Rouge. I mean, it would work to Tuscaloosa. It'll work to Oxford, but it would not to Baton Rouge. Certainly not two weeks to Lexington. Oh, no. <laughs> we're getting up at 4 a.m., boys. Get on the bus. Yeah, good luck getting a team to play then. Yeah. William and Greenville says, we need to put uh, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach together. They're buddies. They had them at the state capitol. Yeah, they were at the state capitol, messing with each other. It, you know that people got mad about that? Did you, did you oh, see yeah. some of that reaction when Mike Leach snapped yes. Lane Kiffin's yeah. face mask? and Oh, how that's lot, irresponsible. Lot, a lot a lot of people just angry in life. <sighs> I don't know what to tell you. I, prom- I, mean, I promise you. Mike Leach snapping Lane Kiffin's face mask did not distribute coronavirus. The coronavirus was to just anyone. hanging out right there. It was just hanging out, waiting on that face yeah. mask to come down. <sighs> but yeah, they're buddies. I mean, I cannot imagine yeah. what those conversations are like because Lane Kiffin with the media, with local media, uh, is pretty laid back. I mean, you heard some funny stuff there. He was on Pardon My Take, which is the most popular sports podcast in the world this week, and he was a little bit more open there. I've been told that behind the scenes, he's very much more open, more charismatic. Hearing the two of them just hanging out, talking like over a beer. It'd be fun. Oh, my gosh. And they'll do that, too. I know that'll make some fans mad. There were people that were upset with the idea that the loser of the Egg Bowl has to pay for the charter flight for the other one to go on vacation. Yeah. People didn't like that. 
Yeah, it's 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 tough, you know. We had Mullen and Freeze just, you know, pure hatred for all those years, and, and now we've got two coaches that hey, they get along, you know, and they get along even on the field. They're just they want to beat the other guy, but that's it. Yeah, I mean Kiffin on that uh, Barstool podcast that I mentioned said he he called him Leechy. He said I love Leechy. So that's a new one. I hadn't heard that before. Disrespectful. <laughs> You've got to call him coach. And Richard Wiggins points out, yeah, now we've got prime. We got prime time here. Who was USM? Please hire Hugh Freeze. <laughs> please hire him. I think he would ruin the dynamic, though. No, no. I think we we would get. I think it would be perfect. It would be perfect. It'd be a nice compliment he, because to... he would be he would be the guy who's like he he would feel slighted that he's being left out because he's at USM, and it would his. His attitude about it would be just tremendous, I feel. Primetime was soliciting real estate options on Twitter, by the way. Saw that. Bunch of agents in the replies, too, looking for Oh, I bet. I bet. Like, Prime will build you a house. Somebody linked him a house in Flora that was exactly mm-hmm. what he was looking for. It had a pool that backed up to a, almost what looked like a private lake. I mean, oh, nice. c- circle driveway. I mean, just a beautiful house. But that's kind of a drive from Jackson, though. Get a chopper. And if anybody will get a chopper, it'd be prime. Don't tell me the prime copter can't happen. Don't tell me that it can't. We did get a, a question that is uh, from Brad. Brad asks if it's the first time that uh, Otis Reese has mentioned the police was part of the reason that he left Georgia. That's a good question. Um, the answer is none of the reason, uh, none of his waiver requests has been made public because usually. These things should be done behind closed doors, and it should be a pretty easy process. You apply for a waiver, NCAA reviews the waiver, they grant or deny the waiver. But since they have done neither, they have decided to make it public to try to apply pressure to the NCAA. Now, for whatever it's worth to you, a former teammate of his and a current wide receiver at Georgia said he remembers the night corroborated Otis Reese's story. For whatever that's worth to you. That is a current Georgia player uh, verifying that story. But Georgia was, I mean, the NCAA was dragging their feet. And so Otis Reese decided he was done waiting around. And uh, maybe the pressure works, maybe it doesn't. But we are two days away from kickoff. He transferred in January. And there is no answer. So we will see. I got a question for Haydad coming up as we start the 5 o'clock hour at Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Five o'clock hour off and running Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Richard's got the day off. He'll be back tomorrow to give you his losing picks. Fake Cross 2020. It is good to be with you. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Before we get to the college football fix and a question for Brian Hayden, I've actually got two. But first, a couple of texts. Jeremy and Brandon says, I lived in Prosper, Texas in 2012 in a neighborhood that backed up to Deion Sanders' mansion and property. Uh, congratulations, number one. Um, he had a full-size practice football field equipped with field goals right behind his mansion. <laughs> he says he doesn't think Jackson has a property like that. I find it. They'll find some land for him. There is some yeah. cheap land, inexpensive land in this state. That's what makes it so great. Mike Leach loved that aspect of moving to uh, found Mississippi. a great house here in Starville. Yeah. 
And then we get another text. It's 30 minutes from Florida Jackson if you take 49. Yeah, see, a long way is relative in this state. Well, I mean, I used to work in Columbus, living here in Starkville. So, I mean, it's, it's about a 25-minute drive. It's, it's totally doable. Yeah. Granted, 82 and 49, I don't know if the what the traffic's like, but still. Yeah, I just, I'm used to living in this state for so long. I mean, for a guy that's been in big cities everywhere, 30 minutes is a dream, I'm sure. Yeah. But now it's time for your college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Stop by and test drive one today. Not on Saturday, though, because you got football to watch, but maybe Sunday. See why the F-150 has been the best-selling truck in America for almost two times longer than I've been on Earth. Local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, hey, I had two questions. Number one, uh, this is, uh, it's political, but it's not. Okay. Oh, no. So we're not going down that road. But oh, please, just two days. Apparently, according to your cousin on Twitter, there is going to be an announcement at four o'clock for the Supreme Court nominee from the President of the United States. Here's the thing about an event like that. It is very, very significant to the point where every news station covers something like that. So will CBS cut away from Mississippi State LSU to cover that nomination if it happens at that time. They do. I feel really bad for whoever's working the phones <laughs> right at that moment because they're going to get toe up. Uh, I don't know if the, the answer to that, obviously, you know, I'm not in the, the TV news business, but it feels like that way. But at the same time, you know, how, how you know, is that going to be a, a press conference or is he just going to be, you know, my fellow Americans, I'm nominating so-and-so. Make America great again. Move on with your life. I don't know. Yeah, see, I, honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know what that kind of process is like, but... I swear it's not good to be the CBS game. This isn't a problem when you're an ESPN game. Right, yeah, they, they will... Well, they'll probably cover it with the way they're going about it now. Well, um, yeah. yeah. Depending on what game Mark They won't Jones interrupt the on. game to cover it, though. Yeah, that's true. They'll just ramble on about it for 20 minutes. But anyway, if that does happen, oh my gosh. I, what I'm going to do... If that actually does happen, and this might be completely something you don't have to worry about at all. So if you're a State fan worried about it, maybe you won't have to. But the prospect is there. Or an LSU fan like Amanda in Pike County. Yeah. They better split screen it, she says. (laughs) Um, I have a feeling more people are going to watch football. But that's just me. At least around here. But if your cousin's right, that's happening at the same time. Yeah, I'm just going to tweet. We'll I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the Sports Talk Twitter account and just say, "How are you feeling right now?" Tweet Those responses. One of my, my buddies there and be like, "You got some money to be made. Do a Periscope. Somehow oh, figure out a put a pay gate, pay, put a paywall up on that somehow." <laughs> we get a couple of texts here. I'll call Trump and tell him to do it at halftime. Appreciate that. <laughs> Um, Mickey says, I would be hard-pressed to think POTUS wouldn't want to lobby for his pick at the announcement. Yeah, it might It might be a while if, that's, if that, in fact, does happen. Which, again, Gallo at 6 tomorrow would probably have a better understanding of this process and if it, in fact, is actually going to happen. Uh, blame Six Pack Speak on Twitter if we are wrong. It's all well, his fault. 
Here's what I don't understand. It's Saturday. It's, the government doesn't work on Saturday. Why are we doing this on Saturday? Do it Friday or do it Monday. Is there that big a difference? A little common sense. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Seriously, though. Especially when, you know, this is his country, if you will, the South. And interrupting football in the South is, you got I mean, an election coming you, up, Donald. <laughs> you wouldn't do this in swing states, I promise you that. <laughs> and Imagine question number two. Big, if it was the Big Ten week, game of the week, it's yeah. on CBS at 2.30, be like, no, 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 let it, let it play. I'll, I'll come back in the morning. And on a more serious note, I've seen a lot of people suggest that um, Deion Sanders being at Jackson State, he's going to take recruits away from Ole Miss and Mississippi State and SEC schools. Um, I think Deion Sanders is charismatic. I think he's going to bring talent to Jackson State that they usually wouldn't get because his name still resonates in sports like not many other people. Uh, but I do not think that he's going to start taking wanted SEC recruits away from SEC schools. But people are using this instance, Brian Haydad, as a way to point to that being the truth. So, uh, Javorius uh, Selman is the name. Yeah. I'm getting it right. Tr- yeah. uh, opted out of the season for Mississippi State this year. Has committed to Jackson State. And I've seen in a lot of places, it's already happening, the primetime effect. Taking an SEC athlete away from Mississippi State, you know, Deion Sanders, NAB's transfer from Mississippi State. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to play. Well, I mean, right? he's a true freshman, so we can't. I can't I'm not know for sure. Career. Don't know for sure. I mean, he was at an MSU secondary. I don't know, but I don't think he was going to play much this year. And he had opted out for for for. Co- I mean, he opted out before Deion Sanders was a thought at Jackson State. Here's what's interesting about this situation, and we may get to go through this again. He's not in the transfer portal. Coaches can't contact the player until you're in the transfer portal. So how does he have an offer from Jackson State? Are we going to do this again? Are we going to have to go down the old old tampering boulevard again? I don't know, but I do know I know for a fact that Javoria Selman was not in the tra- or is not in the transfer portal when he made that uh, that announcement. Hmm. So the headlines were a little misleading. It's a little. Like. I mean, and he may, well, I mean, I don't know about that because he'll, he'll probably end up at Jackson State. That's fine. Yeah. But the, the, if they've contacted him, that's a problem. By the way, uh, while you were answering that question, I did Google. I literally typed in Google, Trump Supreme Court announcement, and CNN came up. And I know a lot of you don't believe CNN, but I think this is, you know, just pretty standard here. 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Ugh. Uh oh. <laughs> Said I'll be uh, switch to the laptop. Got to, I, I, I bought that CBS Sports thing because it's uh, Champions League is on there, but I did, I did not think I was going to need it for college football. But I guess I am. From an article at CNN, again, just popped up on Google. President Donald Trump said Tuesday he plans to announce his new Supreme Court nominee at 5 p.m. That is Eastern on Saturday. And there's it talks about the favorite. I'm sure stuff. we're not going to go down that like, road because I don't know. They'll but. switch it over to CBS Sports Network, but I don't have that on my cable package, so I'll just use the uh, the laptop, and I'll, I should be okay. A lot of people have don't have CBS Sports here? Network. It's not it's not the most popular network. Hmm. 
I had to watch the second half when I got home from Hattiesburg. I watched the second half of USM South Alabama on my on my laptop. He's prime time. Ain't no rules is what somebody says on the text line. Oh, I beg to differ. Yeah, I do too. I mean, look, I, somebody texts and says that he might take players away from Southern Miss. Now that is something that is at least more realistic. Uh, more realistic, yes. Yeah. But yeah. there is a dramatic difference between the training, the facilities, and stuff like that at an SEC school versus any, any, this is not a shot at an in-state school, any FCS program. It's just so dramatically different. It's one of those things where it's it's great to meet Deion Sanders. It'd be lovely to have him in your living room and get a picture with him, sure. But then when you, you you go visit the campuses... And you see the, the stadiums that you play in in the SEC versus the stadiums you play in in FCS. And, and you look at the uh, the weight rooms and the training rooms and the locker There's a difference. And, you know, I'm not. I, I'm one of those guys that's like, hey, they should probably find a way to give the players some money when they're spending millions of dollars a year on these on having a waterfall. Yeah. But those things do attract players. And players mm-hmm. want to have those kind of amenities. And Jackson State and no FCS school has those kind of amenities. Yeah. He can get players via transfer portal, guys that go to SEC schools that just aren't playing and are looking for a place to play. That's more of the window where they can acquire quality talent versus beating LSU in a recruiting battle. Rudy, I see your text. We'll get to that. We'll get to that next at Sports Talk Mississippi. It's just a rock and roll, yeah. Rudy, I'll get to yours in just a second. But while we're on the uh, conversation of Deion Sanders. Will and Eupora. Interesting question here. Does Coach Prime's fame bring unwanted attention from the NCAA to Jackson State similar to what we've seen at Memphis with Penny Hardaway? So, I think it's it's apples to oranges. Because to get players at an FCS school you're not really having to engage in bidding wars to get them. In fact, you're not. I mean, even at that level, NCAA rules are broken. I mean, we've read you stories half-jokingly about tennis programs. Like, what was it, the San Francisco? I, I may be getting this wrong, but it was a smaller college's tennis program had a coach that was paying for recruits' flights on visits, and you're not supposed to do that. I mean, so Wasn't that Mary Harden? Mary Harden Baylor, they had a coach let one of his players borrow his 2006 Subaru. That's what that was, yeah. Yeah, and it vacated a national championship because the NCAA is fair and just. Um, So, Deion Sanders will not have to weigh into those waters to get even the best FCS players to go to Jackson State. Right. With... High-level college basketball, you got to wade into those waters, and it's very clear that in Memphis they did it so sloppily that they were just asking for they it. They didn't wade in. They, they jumped in head, head first. They yelled through a bullhorn, cannonball. Yeah. And then... They shot at Kobe as they jumped off the diving yeah. board. So, no, I don't think just his existence there will be a problem, and they won't have to do the things that you have to do to get players... To, to go there. It's just different at that level. Uh, not many high-level boosters willing to throw out tens of thousands of dollars You know when you're competing against 
Furman and Chattanooga to get players. You know, it's, a, it's just a little bit different. And then Rudy, your text, he says, as someone, this is in response to a potential cutaway to the Supreme Court nominee announcement. He says, as someone who loves politics and uses sports to get away, I'm pretty tired of politics tainting my sports on and off the field. Just to be clear, not complaining about the show, he's just saying in general. I appreciate that. Um, So this would only happen if it does because of the network the game is on. It's not like ESPN, like, hey, that's it, it's going to cut away. It's only because CBS is is a news network first that happens to own the rights to football games on the weekends. So the only reason they would cut away is because they are technically, at its core, a news network also. So you're not, like, if you're watching the Ole Miss game, for example, and let's pretend that Trump was making that announcement during that game, ESPN's not cutting away. It's just because it's CBS that the possibility's on the table. Yes. But still, don't do it. (laughs) Um... There is no name attached to this, which is good. He said, Western Kentucky paid all my kids travel on an unofficial visit, then had him work out for them two weeks before signing day. It happens everywhere. Yeah. Those are, by the way, against NCAA rules. Things that are against NCAA rules happen everywhere all the time. I still can't believe I mean, Dan Wetzel wrote a column in Yahoo today and just about how Mississippi became the most interesting state in college football. First of all, yeah. it didn't just become that. Primetime helps a-, a whole lot. It was already there with Leach and Kiffin. It was already that way. I mean, there are people that are going to watch Ole Miss and Mississippi State on Saturday that don't watch Ole Miss and Mississippi State because of Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. That, that is a real thing that's going to happen in two days. It's undeniable. Yeah. That's a good point from the 662. Everybody be ready for a break from Gary Danielson by the time Trump comes on. <laughs> most hated man in the South and then the most hated man in the North. Give me anything else, please. Donald, just give me score updates while you're going through this. I swear if Donald Trump starts talking about how great Nick Saban is in the middle of all this, I don't know what I'm going to do. How funny would it be, though, is if he had a staffer like next to him while he's talking about the nominee and how great she is because it, it appears it's going to be between one or two women uh, where a, a Secret Service guy leans in, hey, coach, it's LSU 24, Mississippi State 14. And then Donald Trump, oh, by the way, guys, score update down there in Baton Rouge. That would be great. It would be better if it happens at the half, and he just, and the guy just leans in. He goes, "Okay, halftime's about to end. I'm going to wrap this up real quick." Or they you cut get a lot the, of votes that way. They cut to the studio instead of Rick Neuheisel playing some awkward, cringeworthy oh, song on his guitar. It's for who your halftime the, who's entertainment. The guy? Who's the guy doing the uh, the halftime show there for CBS? Oh, what is his name? I can't think of his name, but like, it's a. Uh, oh, I can't. Adam Zucker. That's exactly who it is. So imagine if Trump just goes, all right, let's throw it over to Adam Zucker in the studio. <laughs> We're getting back to Mississippi State LSU. Coach Leach, super friend of mine. I mean, not that he would need help to win Mississippi and Louisiana anyway, but if there was any doubt, I think that would remove some of it. 
You're right. You're right. <laughs> Somebody says it needs to be a score in a swing state. <laughs> I'm very proud. If only Ohio State was playing. They're not playing yet. Uh, maybe, maybe Pitt will be winning. Jeff, is there going to be a 4 p.m. game on Fox? I honestly don't know. I'll, I'll pull that up for you to, to get you uh, an answer. To tell you the truth, like I, I, Stephen and I do a show on Sunday. By the way, listen to it. 8 to 10, supertalktv.com on some of these local stations uh, or on your uh, Roku or smart TV device. 8 to 10, Sunday mornings, called Sports Sunday. Give it a listen. Um, I usually bring in like all the other games that happen around the country at some point during the show. Full transparency, I'm not watching anything other than SEC football on Saturday. I won't look at another game. Does not appear to be a 4 p.m. game on Fox. You've got you know, State t- kicks off at 2.30. 3 o'clock is Georgia-Arkansas on the SEC Network. Alabama-Missouri, 6 o'clock on, the SC- on ESPN. Texas, Texas Tech could be interrupted. Oh, this is okay. This is just top twenty-five games. My bad. I'm, I, I thought this. I thought this was like everybody. Yeah, Fox. Texas, Texas Tech could be interrupted. They're also at two thirty, so they'd be around halftime when it happens. Yeah. Who'd have thought we'd be talking about this today? I don't like it. I got a lot of cooking to do. Be ready, ready for kickoff at 11 a.m. What's on the menu? Do you know? Oh, oh, I do know. What oh. is it? <laughs> Wait till you hear this. So the, the the main thing I'm doing is a pasta. I'm doing a Cajun pasta, chicken, and Dewey sausage. I was telling Quinn on the, the text line, I was watching a video today just, just to get like a tip, and the guy kept saying Andouille sausage, and I wanted to like go through my computer and find him. Like, dude, Andouille sausage. He, kept, he said it like five times. So I'm doing that, and I'm doing some pepper jack stuffed boudin balls. Ooh. Oh, man, I can't wait. Oh, man. I can't wait. I had a friend, I was, I was like, hey, you want to come over? He's like, ah, I don't know. I was like, I'm doing pepper jack stuffed boudin balls. Yeah, I'll be there, sure. Yeah. <laughs> what time? Yeah. It's going to be nice for you, isn't it? I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, it is unfortunate that you... I'd, I'd like to go. I'd like to, because I could just let somebody else cook the pepper jack stuff, boudin balls at that point. True. But, especially uh, in that state. I, yeah, I haven't, I mean, I haven't missed a road game. I haven't missed a game in what, two years and plus. So, uh, the last, the last MSU game I wasn't at in the regular season was the Arkansas game in 2017. So, yeah, it's, it, it uh, yeah. Uh, we do get a text. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, how the press secretary, Kaylee McAnamy, isn't that how you say her name? Mc, yeah, Mc, McAnany. I don't know. I don't know. Her it name's Kaylee. Matter. I know that. And yeah, whatever. Her dad played at Mississippi State, though. She did. That was she embarrassing. Did. I should. I should know the full name of the press secretary of the United States. That's embarrassing. I apologize. She doesn't for know that. your name. Don't worry about it. That is true. I mean, maybe she listens to the show. She misses uh, Mississippi, a uh, member of the Big Ten. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. See, people make fun of, and they do it seriously, not joking like we do. I mean, imagine every day standing up at that podium and getting grilled by people Mm -hmm. and speaking 100% without a single slip one time. And so, like she says that Mississippi's in the Big Ten. I mean, she was reading off something misread it. 
and just got roasted for it. Oh, what an idiot. I, you stand up behind a podium and get every single thing you say exactly right without one slip. Good luck. I'm talking all one-take Brian over here, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 have, I haven't had to start over on a podcast in a long, long time. The best broadcasters in the world misspeak sometimes. It's just ridiculous. But Go the Bill O'Reilly route. We'll do it live! We'll do it live! What does play us out? What is that? Elton John will play us out as we go into this break at Sports <laughs> Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. A breakthrough coronavirus treatment might be coming from our own very backyard. According to WTVA, researchers at the University of Mississippi are developing a treatment that could prevent coronavirus. Dr. Joshua Sharp, one of the researchers from the School of Pharmacy, said that the treatment would be a nasal spray that would be prescribed to you and you would administer yourself. Dr. Sharp, according to the story, hopes a daily dose would prevent people from getting the virus, especially those who are not showing symptoms. Quote, this has impacted how we live our daily lives, so the idea that we can actually try to get people back to something closer to normal is a real motivating force. He is collaborating with researchers and faculty from the school and other schools, and they've conducted early tests on a similar but not infectious virus. He said the coronavirus usually establishes, this I'm learning something here, inside the nasal cavity. He believes the spray should stop the virus before it infects you. Here's a final quote from him. We think that this can apply, we can apply this nasal spray. It will keep the virus from being able to find purchase on those cells in your nasal cavity. Then the virus will cruise down along to your stomach and be digested with everything else you breathe in. They hope they can start clinical trials soon to determine whether or not they are safe for personal use. In Mississippi, we use our hospitals for research, not recruiting. <laughs> So we got these kind of breakthroughs happening here in the Magnolia State. That's good stuff. Uh, oh, he went there. I love it. It, it didn't funny, though. So I thought about this the second I read this story. There were multiple sports writing blue check marks on social media. Of course. Not just sports writing, but blue check mark people that are in journalism. When the SEC decided to play and the Big Ten decided to cancel, I saw multiple people say they would prefer the advice from doctors from Big Ten universities than SEC universities. And now we have doctors from Mississippi who found a way to make a really cheap ventilator not uh, so that cost wouldn't be a factor in getting people on ventilators very early in the process. And now we have Mississippi doctors developing a potential prevention of coronavirus. While you're being smug and arrogant and pathetic, Poor old, stupid old Mississippi's getting crap done. It's the story of our lives. You know? Isn't it, though? That's just, how, that's just how it goes. That, you know, people people take this state for, 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 you know, they underestimate it a lot of times. And that's why, you know, and I think that's how we like it down here, though. And we, we, don't, we don't mind being the underdog. No, I'm, I'm fine with it, too. Especially when we get to do stuff like this. Yeah. Hopefully it's a breakthrough. That's really good news. Uh, really good news. Hope it works. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. It is great to be with you. A couple of other things. There was a, um, a controversy in the officiating game. We talked about this, I think, Monday. Monday or Tuesday. 
where the electric whistles that officials were using were not working, and they were causing plays to last longer than they should have. And it it was just a matter of when, not if. Somebody got hurt because one person heard a whistle, one person didn't, something like that. And the SEC, the officials have a choice, which I hope means they're going to use the regular one. So that should not be an issue on Saturday. You've seen it in the NFL. You've seen it in college. The electric whistle not working. It's a bad idea. Never made any sense. We're not going to have to deal with that in the SEC. At least I hope. Hope not. Hope that's not the case. So uh, it appears, from what I read today, I, I fully expect the uh, the SEC to go with the regular whistles, which is it's just we talked about this the other day, didn't we? It's, it's, I, I get that it's what you're trying to do. It's a perception thing, but come on, come on, just dumb. Oh, Pac-12 meeting tonight. Oh, are they? Yeah, they will conduct a webinar at. 7 p.m. Central Central Time. So they're going to play. They're going to play. I mean, Ohio State. And it's a little bit different with these big schools. See, for example, I don't think Ole Miss and Mississippi State are going to face the $100 million deficit that Ohio State's going to face. I could be wrong. It's just they spend more. They have more and they spend more, so their deficit's going to be greater. But that tells you all you need to know. The Pac-12 is going to try to play. My question is... Do you think that the college football playoff should push back? Now that all five Power Five, when it's really Power Four right now, sorry, Big 12, um, are going to be playing football this fall, would you support the college football playoff pushing back a few weeks to accommodate the Pac-12 and, I guess, the Big 10? Um, yeah, the spiteful part of me that just wants to point at the, the Yankees, who had it wrong, uh, says no but for for the yes you should do it otherwise it's just going to be a mess you're going to have ohio state go undefeated and say oh we didn't get into the playoffs so it doesn't count yeah, it's just not worth it just put them in let them lose to clemson or alabama like they normally do and we'll all move on with their the pac-12 i mean what am i talking about here when's the they're not going to be in the playoff even if they go undefeated so part of me wants them to push back mm-hmm. but i agree i out of spite i just want them to say no nah, forget you we have a schedule. We're going to stick to that schedule. We have what is likely going to be a full playoff anyway mm-hmm. without you. So I'm sorry, Pac-12. The Big Ten's going to, they claim they're going to finish on time. So, so they can come. Ohio State can come too. But if you guys aren't starting until potentially mid-November, we can't wait for you. Sorry. I'd be okay with that. I, I I would I would but I, you know what the heck with it just these these are uncertain times crazy times I, I don't have a problem pushing things back like I said before I don't have a problem pushing back bowl games and the playoff games and just telling the the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl you're just out of luck this year however you want to work it but just just I, I don't have a problem with it just me personally Mike in Oxford sends us a text it's of the menu. At Marble Slab in Oxford. Mike's a math guy, so just keep this in mind. But he sends us a picture of the menu. So, for brownies, buy three, get one free is $7.47. A half dozen is $16.80. One each is $2.49. So, if you go for the one each, it's $14.94. If you get the half dozen, which is six. 
It's 1680. <laughs> and then if you buy three, get one free. That's eight for uh four nine fifteen ninety four. So <laughs> Uh, That's that old Miss math, Mike. What are you teaching them up there? Come I on, know. Man. Seriously, get it together, man. Uh, we also uh, got a text here I, I wanted to get to. And it was a question that you answered, hey, Dad, about uh, crowd noise. So there, there yeah. are going to be fans, obviously, at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, again, obviously not playing this weekend, but they do have a home game eventually. Piped-in crowd noise, we get asked about. There will be fans in the stands, but apparently there's also going to be that. Yeah, from what I, I from what I know that there's going to be crowd noise. I don't know. He asked about decibels, and I, I don't know the answer to that. It's not going to be anything unpleasant. I mean, the the uh, the 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 NFL is doing seventy, and that's it apparently is not very loud at all. So, and you're talking about, and I'm thinking about the Saints. So you're talking about an outdoor stadium. I just can't imagine it's going to be ear piercingly loud or anything like that. You guys up there in Oxford will have the uh, the first crack at that, uh, you know, and then we'll see what happens in Starkville next week. Yeah, I'm interested what that looks and sounds like. Well, it'll sound like a crowd. But it's been, like, in the NFL, for example, some places have had, like, multiple sounds where, yeah. I mean, the Eagles got booed. Which was fantastic. At home. If, if you watch uh, Premier League like I do, they've actually got some crowd noise where they're doing some cheers and songs that the, the teams would normally hear. So they've done a pretty good job with that. But, yeah, like think about for Mississippi State. Will they pump in cowbells? They I doubt should, it. But, but they yeah. should. So See, that's, that's one advantage State has, by the way, in all this, is that their fa- the fans can bring, will bring cowbells. So, 15 will sound like 45. Yeah, exactly. Cheaters. Oh! <laughs> hey, hate the player, or hate the game, not the player. They follow the rules. They stop at the snap. That is pretty impressive. I, I've said this before, but a bunch of people that have most likely been drinking all day long have this big metal thing in their hand that makes a bunch of noise. And it's third down, and they're playing Auburn. And that drunk guy with the big metal noisemaker, for the most part, puts it down. Well, That's you get chided if you me. don't, man. If you if you're that guy still ringing, people are going to say something to you like, "Hey, stop!" And MSU runs a couple of PSAs throughout the game about that too. So uh, we get a text here from the six hundred one. I sat at the top of the bottom deck of the Southern Miss South Alabama game, and I could hear the quarterbacks call the snap and clap their hands. That's actually pretty cool. It's unfortunate the circumstances that lead to that. Yeah, but I think that's kind of cool that you can hear stuff like that. It is. Unless you're sitting in the front row and have a very impressionable eight-year-old and a coach is not happy. That's worse for baseball when John Cohen was running the show. (laughs) He was a cusser? Oh, people, there were people who moved seats. Like season ticket holders, (laughs) like, I can't sit there anymore. Earmuffs, Johnny, earmuffs. (laughs) A Super Talk Mississippi media production.